0: Hello, Maximizers, and welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. This is Kurt Mortensen. We talk about persuasion, motivation, influence, and even self-persuasion, things you should have learned in school. This is Podcast 363, and we've got good news today. We've got a special guest, Chris Kenny, and let's talk a little bit about him, and we'll welcome him to the show. Chris Kenny has become a sought-after global speaker and a wealth mentor, gathering notoriety and acclaim for his unconventional sales training strategies, which we all love the unconventional. Chris rewires brains and businesses at warp speed, teach them how to leverage universal principles to get this 10x their income. Sure many of you out there want to do that and finally break through from that six figure to seven figure income. Today Chris speaks on stage all over the world giving entrepreneurs the tools strategies, resources and mindset to get better, bigger results. Chris, welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thanks man, great to be here.
0: It's good to have you here as we talk about principles that anybody can use in any aspect of life to increase their income, to become more persuasive, more influential, and of course, especially what we talk about on the show, mindset or self persuasion. But let's kick off with the first questions as listeners know. Chris, what is the worst vegetable on the planet and
1: why? (laughs) <laughs> well, that's without question, it has to be Brussels sprouts. I mean, because, you know what, if you boil a Brussels sprout and you actually eat it, you're probably going to gag. Any vegetable that can gag you is, is definitely the worst vegetable on the planet. But the, and the funny thing about the Brussels sprout is it'll gag you if you boil it, which is really interesting. But if you actually throw it in the oven and you roast it, it's delicious. So what other vegetable can you boil and have it gag you and then throw it in the oven and roast it and have it be delicious? So for that reason, it has to Brussels be the worst sprouts. vegetable on the planet.
0: Yeah, if you deep fat fry anything, it always tastes better, right? Versus the boiling, gooey, <laughs>
1: <cooking laughs> mess. And the funny thing about that is I hated Brussels sprouts for years because my stepmom used to boil them.
0: Yeah. And then finally,
1: somebody did me the, the, the service of actually, you know, roast, oven roasting them with olive oil and salt and pepper. And all of a sudden, the, the Brussels sprout was reborn in my world.
0: Yeah, <laughs> even ranch will fix a Brussels broil sprout. Br- Brussels yeah, you throw sprouts. a little
1: bacon on there, some ranch <laughs> dressing. Wow. There you go. All right. <laughs> how so can, how, how can we make something healthy, unhealthy, right? What the heck? <laughs> so there's the winner today, Brussels sprouts.
0: I'll agree with that one. Well, let's dive into it. Let's learn some things and talk about a few things that'll be very helpful to our listener. You talked a lot to the intro, was a lot about mindsets and there's these money rules that you talk about that we cap our income. And we've talked about on the show that a lot of entrepreneurs and salespeople earn what they feel they're worth. What do you think are the biggest challenges people have on the mindset about money, mindset about success? What are the biggest issues here?
1: Well, I think the the biggest one is is probably belief. I mean, you have the first thing is you have to believe and you have, have to behave in a way that says, this is absolutely possible for me. You know, a lot of people, you know, they've got this idea of, you know, creating a, a 100K month in their mind. They're going, oh, that, you know, that can't be done. It's not possible. So I think the first step is belief that it's possible. It's understanding um, one of the universal laws, which is the law of polarity. Everything in the universe has an opposite, and it exists at the same time. Can't have left without right, in without out, hot without cold. Well, that also means you can't have problem without solution, right? So every problem in the universe brings with it the solution. So if you set an intention to, say, do 100K a month, well, guess what? The way of which to achieve that has to be possible, and it has to be possible now. It has to be in your experience now, not in six months, not in two years, not when you feel worthy of it. It's possible now. So what you have to start looking at is, if that's true, that means if the solution's here, it means I must be resisting something. So it's starting to look at, what is it that I'm resisting? So it's not, what do I do? It's, what am I resisting doing? Because the solution has to be here, and it has to be here right now. And when you start to behave with the belief that the solution is here now, you show up differently. And then as you're showing up differently, The way to create the 100K month shows up.
0: Listeners, every problem you have, there's a solution, and these beliefs are holding you back. So, Chris, let me ask you this where are these beliefs coming from that are holding people back, holding their income back? Is it osmosis? Is it society? Is it their self? Is it all the above? Where do you think these beliefs are coming from?
1: Well, I think it's all of the above. You know, I think everybody has their own money story. For me, the thing that I had to overcome. Was growing up in an environment where uh, rich people were not trusted. Uh, rich people were viewed as bad. They were dishonest. They were manipulative. You know all these different things. That's what I grew up with. That was the belief system I was entering entrepreneurship with. You know what I mean? It was like, wow. If I earn a whole bunch of money, people aren't going to like me. Or in order for me to earn a whole bunch of money, I have to be I have to be dishonest. I have to I have to cheat in some way i have to steal i have to manipulate i have to do all these things wrong and you know if you believe obviously that rich people are bad and can't be trusted why are you going to do what it takes to create money my mom used to say one of the most hurtful things or hardest things that my mom ever said to me was probably around 2010 she said to me she said chris you have become all things that made me never want to acquire money we have people in our experience We've got this whole, gosh, belief system that was put on us as children, and that's what we have to overcome. So I think it was put on us by other people, but for everybody, it's going to be different. That's where it came from for me.
0: And I agree 100% that we were given these beliefs a lot of times from our parents, from society, that they became these beliefs that, you know, they dictate our day-to-day decisions in a lot of ways, and sometimes we sabotage ourselves. But So you went through this, you were fed these beliefs about money being evil and rich people we're taking advantage, they're stepping on people and they can't be trusted. I think the first step is we identify them. For you to get rid of those beliefs, was it a, an erosion process? Was it an instant process? Walk us through that on how you got past that.
1: The bottom line is, if you put it into like one statement, because we, gosh, we could do days and days of tra- training on that. But the, the truth of the matter is you have to stop making decisions based on where you are and make decisions based on where you want to be stop making decisions based on where you are and make decisions based on where you want to be. If you want to be a seven-figure business owner, you have to behave like a seven-figure business owner behaves. You have to start asking yourself that question. If you're looking at, for example, something to invest in, something that can massively grow your business or grow your income, you're collapsing into the money objection for yourself. You've got to look, you've got to say, if I were a seven-figure business owner, how would I handle this? And if a seven-figure business owner would make the investment, then you need to make the investment. And it's going to feel uncomfortable, and it's going to feel out of sorts, it's going to feel counterintuitive, it's going to feel all of those things. But you have to remember that the current rules that you're living by around money are creating your current situation, they're creating your current results. So you have to start to think about what are these rules? What are they for me? And where can I break them? Some of the biggest things that have rapidly moved me forward, I look back back and. I started my company in 2008. And the first coach that I hired was $75,000 for six months. 75,000 bucks for six months. I made the investment. I didn't have the money. It was a complete and utter leap of faith. And it's my belief 99% of the population won't make that investment and they stay stuck. I stepped into that. I was willing to fully step in, fully commit, address all of my crap that came up when I made that investment? That's what I mean. When, when these opportunities to move you forward show up, because if you've set an intention to increase your earnings, what's going to happen is the resources, the people, the tools that you need to get that done will start showing up in your experience. But now you've got to let go of resistance. You cannot resist them when they show up. You have to be willing to move in faith. And if you do that and you make the decisions based on where you want to be rather than based on where you are, now you've got a chance.
0: Yeah, I agree 100% on that one to where we got to let go. There's that resistance holding us back. And you mentioned that making decisions where you are, that would be focusing on your past and maybe your present debt versus the future where you want to be. So what do you tell to someone that's got debt, it's present, they can keep worrying about the past? How do you get that mindset to the future that faith you mentioned, we've got
1: vision, faith. How do you get people to get out of that where they are to where they want to be? I use personal stories in this area. I feel like they really hit home. Whenever I've taken those leaps of faith, that's when I've seen change. I've got story after story. I mean, I have a story five years ago, I had to rebrand my business. I, I was actually dating my previous business partner. Found out that she was in an affair. I'm not throwing her under the bus, but that's what happened. There was an affair going on. So the relationship ended. The business was gone. House was gone. Relationship was gone. Business, everything. I had to start over. Well, at that moment, I got an opportunity to go to Italy. And I thought, well, geez, here I am. I'm brokenhearted. My ego shattered. And now I've got an opportunity to take a trip to Italy for a branding retreat. It was a $16,000 investment. So that triggered all my crap, can't possibly do that. Oh my gosh, I don't have any money. Then I realized, hey, if I don't take this trip, I'm gonna be out of integrity with my teaching. Made the decision to invest. It took three calls from the seller, three calls to get me to actually invest. Pulled the trigger, put it on a credit card, took the trip to Italy, told everybody I was gonna write the mail version of Eat, Pray, Love, because I was so distraught. (laughs) So hopped on the airplane, went to Italy, and it was on that trip that I met my wife. So these leaps of faith, they've been transformational for me. So I share stories and I let people know. I teach it all the time. The bridge between the physical and the spiritual is faith. The physical is what you have now. The spiritual is what you want. If you are using your current set of rules and your current ways of thinking to try to create what you want, it's unlikely. You have to be willing to move in faith. You have to be willing to make decisions based on where you want to be. It is going to be uncomfortable. And there's no my like, quick solution to that. It's knowing and understanding that that is true, and that's where the breakthrough is.
0: I love that. There's, they I mean the faith and the future where you are, where you want to be. And one of my early mentors used to tell me they similar to that is jump, and the net will appear.
1: <laughs> yes, but you have to jump first. <laughs> exactly, and
0: and we have to say it's hard. You can't see in the net. No, they tell, they tell you it's down there. There's, yeah, you can see is fog. So you say. We've got someone that's standing on there. They say, jump, the net's down there and you can't see it. What advice do you have to, to jump when you can't see the net when you were told it's down there?
1: You know, it's interesting. When you're jumping off a cliff and then and then you find out there's no net, well, you know, the outcome of that is not going to be pretty. But I talk about win, win or learn. You know, I always tell people there's no bad outcomes. You have to understand you're either going to step into this, you're, gonna, you're either going to win or you're going to learn. You're either going to get the big win, it's going to happen, it's going to happen quickly, or there's going to be some massive learning along the way that will elevate you to the next level. So it's like, let go of the possibility. It's like, there are no bad outcomes. You're going to win or you're going to learn.
0: Yeah, I like that perspective because you can learn from it and grow from it. You talk to any millionaire, they have the list of challenges and blunders, mistakes they made, failures that they have, but ultimately it did work out for them when they stuck to it. Yeah, so the, and,
1: and some of their best lessons and their biggest leaps forward were always after these big, dramatic failures in their life. At least I know that's true in my experience. No, it is true across the
0: board, too, yeah. where when we face these crucibles, these failures, or these learning experiences, they're going to make you better or bitter. I mean, you can choose. You can just kind of go into a hole It doesn't work out, and that's my challenge that I've seen when early on working – with people who are getting into real estate or even network marketing and they try it for two weeks they say it didn't work. I'm like, it didn't work for you. Look at the countless people that have made it work <laughs> just because you stubbed your toe and failed doesn't mean it worked. It works when you look at the people around you. So I'm with you. Mindset's huge on that. It's something that we can all work is to amend our beliefs, adjust our beliefs. And so you're feeling that your beliefs is the biggest factor in, in increasing wealth and income.
1: I think it's acting in spite of your beliefs acting in spite of your beliefs. Because when you start to act and behave in different ways, in spite of your be- in spite of your belief system that's keeping you where you are, now you've got a chance to rapidly move forward.
0: You haven't got that belief to erode away yet. Maybe just act. Fake it till you make it. Just do it. And those actions <laughs> will adjust what's going to happen to you. Chris, we're talking to a lot of people that do an influence for living. What do you see for influencers, entrepreneurs, just people in general? What are the biggest mistakes you think people make in the world of influence, the biggest blunder? What would you peg that to be? Even in the changing world with COVID and strange things happening now, what is the biggest blunder influencers make?
1: Well, I think when when we're talking about our world and we're talking about selling and we're saying, because at the end of the day, in order to you know stay afloat and keep it going and accelerate, we've got to be selling. And then ultimately the biggest mistake that people are making when they're selling in terms of trying to create influence and create clients is they talk too much. Um, I think that's... Probably the biggest number one mistake that I see, I see it over and over and over again, trying to convince rather than learning the skill set of what questions do I need to ask so people will convince themselves. I'm with you on the show. We call it vomit. (laughs) That's right. Vomit is the the worst problem. The other thing that I think is really true when it comes to selling high ticket is the concept of uh, seen versus unseen. And a lot of people, you know, when they sit down, if they're choosing to sit down with you, they're sitting down with you because they have a seen problem. It's a problem that they know about in their business, a problem in their life, whatever it is that you solve. That's the reason they're gonna, they're gonna sit down. But what I've seen in terms of high ticket sales and closing high ticket sales, the things that create enrollment for high ticket are actually unseen problems. So they've got the problem they know they have, but the problem that creates the high ticket sale is the new problem that you are able to reveal in the sales conversation the problem they hadn't quite thought about yet so i think that's a super important distinction to make when it comes to high ticket sales because what can happen is when a person has a problem and they know they have the problem and they've had it for a while what can happen is the ego gets attached to the problem the problem becomes part of their sense of self they're like i have a problem i have this problem so now the ego is attached The ego is conditioned to protect itself. So when the solution shows up to the problem, the ego will resist it because it wants to stay intact. The ego doesn't care if the problem helps you or doesn't doesn't help you. All the ego cares about is staying intact. So what we have to do is we have to ask enough questions to cause a new problem to become revealed. And then you build urgency around the new problem. And because it is a new problem, there is no ego attachment to it. And they will purchase because of the new problem.
0: I like that. So you're saying that we've had this problem for a few years. It's causing a little pain. Our ego's getting attached and the ego protects itself. Yes. Well, we've got to kind of adjust that into a new problem, and that new problem creates more pain where people can charge more. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. So basically, say, say a, a, a person, like, let me just give you an example. I had a CEO that, that hired me. She's the CEO of a, a laundry facility. And the reason she brought me in is because she was incredibly overwhelmed. She was overwhelmed, overworking, that kind of stuff. So she's like, can you can you help me? This is, These are the things that are taking place, blah, 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 blah. So that was her scene problem, overwhelmed. So the the question that I happened to ask, and I'm sure if if y'all are good sellers, you're probably asking this. The question that I asked was, tell me, what's likely going to happen if we don't solve this problem? What's likely going to happen? And she paused, and there was this long silence. And then she said, Chris, she said, if I don't solve this problem, I've been spending so much time in this warehouse that I'm likely going to miss my daughter's first steps. So that was her new problem. She hadn't thought about that yet. So as soon as that became clear, she made the decision to purchase a $10,000 solution. Prior to that, she was looking. I had two solutions in front of her. I had a 5K solution and I had a 10K solution. This was back, this was several years ago, 5K and a 10K. She immediately bought the 10K, but the thing that created the sale was not the solution to overwhelm. It was the, this newly found awareness from the question right? that made her go, oh my God, if I don't get out of this warehouse, I'm going to miss my daughter's first steps. But that is, that's an unseen problem. When I talk about the retreat that I went to in Italy, that was $16,000. I had a price objection, price objection, price objection. What was my seen problem? My seen problem was I needed to brand a new company. That was my seen problem. Here's what the seller asked me on that third call. She said, because she knew me, she said, Chris, she said, if you don't come on this retreat, will you be out of integrity with what you teach? She asked me that question. I thought about it. I was like, wait, I'm, I'm constantly teaching people that the solution shows up. You have to be willing to move in faith. Here I am. I'm not moving in faith. Oh my gosh, I am out of integrity. As soon as I realized I was out of integrity with what I would teach, I made the purchase. But that was an unseen problem. That immediately got rid of the price objection. So again, seen problems, you're very likely to get a price objection if you're selling high ticket. If you uncover a new problem, build urgency around a new problem, there's no ego attachment and the the gateway to purchase is right there.
0: And listeners, hope you caught that. That is a great question. What's going to likely going to happen if we don't solve this problem? And you're moving them right. away from that, that known pain, basically to the unknown pain. You've identified that, and that's where you're able to charge more. And that's something I want to explore a little bit, working with a, with a lot of businesses and entrepreneurs where they're afraid to charge what they're worth. They're afraid right. to do that. So when you talk about high ticket sales, charging what you're worth, charging more, what are some of the things that the listeners need to focus on
1: to A, have the confidence to do it and B, to do it. Well, know that the confidence, this is it's a chicken before the egg thing. It's like, which comes first? My experience of this and what I've seen with myself and what I've seen with clients, and again, this comes to making decisions based on where you want to be, right? I had to quote the fee first and then grow into it. So I think that's actually how it happens. If you're sitting and you're waiting to feel worth the higher fee you will likely wait a really long time i had to quote the higher fee now mind you when i quoted the higher fee and i got it that shifted how i was showing up right i started showing up like i'm super focused and you know what i mean just totally present and totally in the game because i was charging more so i think that actually shifted how i coach and then what happened was after six months this person, because I had raised my, my rates, it was a massive rate increase. I went from $400 a month to $2,500 a month. And this was in 2009. The person after spending that six months with me at the higher rate, she renewed. So I was like, holy crap. So I actually grew into it afterwards. If somebody is willing to actually grab onto that, choose to believe that that is true, because that is how I've seen it happen. That is the fastest way. It's quote the fee and grow into it afterwards and trust that that will happen. And if you're a person that's sitting there going, I think I should raise my rates. I think I should raise my rates. That idea is there because it's time to raise your rates. That's why you're thinking about it. But you have to be willing to step in before you feel worthy and allow yourself to grow into it.
0: I love it. Everyone catch that? Quote the fee first and grow into it. Otherwise, you'll get stuck in never doing that. Now, I love what Dan Kennedy says. He was a, teaches marketing, and I learned a lot from this as an early entrepreneur. He says, "Decide what you want to charge. Take a deep breath and add a zero to
1: it." <laughs> I
0: always <thought> that was <laughs> he great. Didn't say advice. something like,
1: you know, whatever you can spit out without stuttering is what you should be charging, yeah. or something like that. I, I love Dan Kennedy. I haven't seen him in a long time, but like back in you know, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Back then, went to Dan Kennedy's events and so on and so forth. Lo- loved his work. It's great working
0: That was the big takeaway I had. I was speaking to one of his seminars and it was just incredible. Like, that makes perfect sense because like you said, just do it. Just take a deep breath, do it because everyone knows you get what you pay for and even businesses discount themselves and try to fight on price. And I mean, what recommendations do you get when, when everyone's fighting on price? How do you get people get past that to say, no, build the value? So how do we get past price and build the value once we've revealed
1: our fee? Well, you want to build the value, first of all, before you quote the fee. If you're quoting the fee first, I think you're doing it in the wrong direction because once you quote the fee, now they're in the emotion of the fee. So they're going to be, they're likely going to be slightly triggered. And if you're in a triggered place, you're not in a rational place. So I'd be focused in your enrollment conversations. You build the value first and you have to build the value not through explaining it, but through asking the right questions. So if I sit here and I say, wow, well, you know, if you hire me, you're going to rapidly accelerate your income somebody's going to say, well, okay, great. Of course, you're going to tell me that you're selling to me. You have to understand, we we have to ask questions to get these things to come out of them. Just remember, their reasons for buying are inside of them, not inside of you. They're inside of them, not inside of you. So you have to start to pull those things out, ask questions like, you know, for me as a coach, if I'm going to pitch a 12-month program and we say, listen, Mark, we've spent some time here together. You know a little bit about me. Tell me, what do you think would happen if you and I were to do, do this work together for 12 months? What's going to take place for you? What do you see happening? And then they answer. And that's so much more powerful than you saying as the seller, hey, if we work together for 12 months, you're going to 10X your income. Do you see the difference? I mean, it has to come out of them. And here's the, the bottom line. People do not argue with what they said. People do not argue with what they said, but they'll argue all day with what you said. So you have to learn the skill set of how do I get what I want to hear out of their mouth and what questions do I have to ask to do that. And that's a
0: great point. I do love that, that people do not argue with what they've said. When you ask for advice or opinions, ask those questions we've talked about before. I'm glad you're reiterating this, is that great persuaders ask three times more questions and they just funnel them down the point where they're building the value and then they can, like you said, build the value first, then ask for the fee. Take that deep breath. You're not charging enough. I'll put it out there. I bet you 99.9% of you aren't charging enough. You're not getting what you were worth, and that's something to, to take to the bank. But let me ask you this. What, what's the one thing we missed? What's that one thing you want to make sure our listeners take away from our conversation today?
1: Oh, wow. I, you know, I'm not sure that if they've missed it or not, but I would just say it's available now. And if you're thinking about doing it, the reason you're thinking about doing it, like raising your rate, because I totally agree with you, 99.9% of the population is undercharging. If you're listening to this conversation, do it and do it now. Don't wait. It's hurting you and it's hurting your clients. The other part that people have missed is the difference it will make to your clients when you start charging them more. That is the one thing I hadn't thought about when I began. With the whole, you know, rate increase thing was, oh my gosh, my clients' results went through the roof because they were also showing up differently because they had more skin in the game. So don't make the price increase about you, make the price increase about what it can do for your clients.
0: And that's an excellent point. The more you charge, the more success your clients are gonna have, the more they're gonna appreciate what you do. And I I learned that early on. I was doing some work with Robert Allen who did nothing down real estate. And we found out real early that people that put nothing down do nothing. And the more they would put huh. down, the more they would put into the, the coaching and the training, the more success they had. And so you're doing it, your client's a disservice by not charging enough.
1: 100%. And then, and then the testimonials started rolling in. My reputation got better. I mean, it was, it was wild what happened.
0: Good. I love it. Hey, I appreciate it. That is good information. Listeners, hopefully you took a lot of great notes as you go through this. But Chris, let me ask you this, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you do?
1: Yeah, the best place to find me is I've got a private Facebook group. It's called Sales Mastery Inner Circle on Facebook. So just type that into the search bar on Facebook, Sales Mastery Inner Circle. There's three questions you'll have to answer to get admitted into the group. You answer those questions, you hop on in, and then inside of that group, I do a live show every Thursday, one o'clock in the afternoon, everything in there is complimentary, lots of free content. We do the live show on Thursday. We do uh, coaching sessions on Tuesday. We do 10 minute laser sessions. So my gosh, tons of value inside of sales mastery inner circle right on Facebook. Hope to see you there.
0: Thanks, Chris. That was great information. Thanks for being here. Now, everyone that listened to the show, you listen to maximize your success and income. And you learned many tools to help you do just that. So apply something you've learned today, especially raise your fee, raise your prices, raise your salary. Don't sell yourself short. Hey, and one final thing be getting emails about the special I offered last week. Since it's the end of the month, I'm offering my three best selling programs for the price of one. That's the power of negotiation taped in a three day live seminar. How to create, deliver, and close the perfect persuasive presentation, and the number one best-selling magnetic persuasion course that teaches you all the laws of persuasion. And as a great bonus, you get a coaching session with me. So cash in. Go to maximizeyourinfluence.com. That's also the spot to get my free book, Maximize Influence. That's a new edition. Just pick up a little shipping and handling. Take your free persuasion IQ assessment, and of course, this limited time offer. Check it out and get it. Maximize your influence. Dot com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your emails and thanks for being good people. Remember to master the tools of influence and go out and persuade with power.